All right, welcome to episode 15. Uh, sorry I didn't get this thing out Monday, had some technical issues, I've been sick and I sound like it. Um, also had a really hard time recording the middle part, um, kind of an emotional thing for me, uh, getting the, the GMC Sonomare, uh, well, kind of let the cat out of the bag there, but you'll hear it. Uh, got a little bit of news in there too, uh, which I think is kind of cool, and um, as always, you know, thanks for following me on Facebook. It's where the majority of you guys are following me. Uh, check me out on Instagram. I do post like um, some stuff there that I don't post on Facebook. Uh, get a little bit of special content there. Um, I do longer format posts at thelord.com on my actual website. And uh, also, if you want to support me directly, I have a Patreon, although I don't have it figured out 100% yet um, how to do like the benefits and um, trying to get a way for you guys to like get priority questions there if you guys want to ask me questions um, so we'll see how that works out and it looks like anchor may have a way for you guys to like record questions for me but I I'm looking into that as well so really excited for stuff that's coming up and I hope you enjoy the show here we go Okay, I'm going to try and do these things in like together. So we'll see if I can pull it off. So Toyota announced a Jimny competitor, which I'm pretty stoked about. They posted up some pictures. It's kind of, um, it looks like it's in alignment with the design language that Toyota is going to be going with, with the new Land, uh, Land Cruiser and with, uh, you know, some of their other SUV, the newer SUVs. It's got a real... Um, I don't know, kind of got an anime feel to it, to me anyway. It's got this kind of like futuristic, um, real like square and straight lines and, you know, kind of, I don't know. I almost kind of want to call it like retro futuristic, but I, I think it's not a bad looking thing. Uh, not, I don't, we don't have any specs on it yet. Nothing's really been announced, but it's kind of cool to see Toyota, uh, seeing the success of the Jimny and maybe getting one out that it might come to America. So that's kind of cool. Um, the next thing that came up that's been on fire on interwebs is the uh, the whole Sung Kang announcing that he there. I guess he's going to be directing the next Initial D. Uh, so sounds like it's going to be live action. It sounds like they're going to use Japanese actors. It sounds like they're going to do it in the area that uh, inspired the original comic, which I think is really cool. Uh, I don't know if you guys, if you're not into anime, it's totally understandable, but Initial D is really, uh, it's, a, it's a story that is closer in alignment to the first Fast and Furious, where it was about, really about the cars and uh, about the scene and I think uh, because the initial D story is such a popular one and it's one that has proven to last all this time and there's no gunplay in it it's not there's no drugs and there's no like bank heists and shit like it's a legit story that revolves around a kid and his relationship with his dad and you know kind of figuring out that he you know, really enjoys driving, uh, even though initially it's something that's like forced upon him as like a, an extra job, uh, that is kind of abusive dad, uh, pushes on him. So <clears throat> I'm really stoked on it. Uh, there's been live action versions before 
Uh, they received a lot of criticism. I watched them. I found them entertaining, but my threshold for, you know, automotive movies is, is pretty high. Like I'll, I'll watch almost anything just if there's cool cars in it, like it gets a pass from me. So I may not be the one to go by on that one, but I'm stoked for it. Like, uh, I, en I enjoy his character and the characters in the fast and furious movies. I've enjoyed, uh, interviews I've seen him, seen him with, uh, are in as the, and he's, I don't know if he's going to be in the movie, but I mean, he, he's definitely a car guy and you can see by the cars he drives and the, the vehicles he chooses to customize and modify and the, the direction that those projects take. The dude's got a really great eye. Uh, his, his cars come out, you know, really, really nice. So I'm stoked for it. Um, uh, fingers crossed it's, it's worth watching. All right, and the next bit of news was the um, announcement from Ferrari that they are removing the Liberty Walk wide-bodied white Ferrari F40 from the registry, basically saying that they no longer see it as a legit Ferrari F40. I am not super surprised by this. Um, I mean, Ferrari's certainly shown an attitude uh, for anybody messing with their perception of a pure, their pure design, uh, I think it's a huge mistake by Ferrari to take this line, uh, especially with somebody that has proven to be as prolific as Liberty Walk. They have a huge, huge following. Uh, they modify some extremely high-end vehicles. They do, um, you know, stuff that the regular man can afford as well. I mean, it's not none of their shit is cheap. Don't get it twisted, but. I mean, if you sit, had your heart set on a Liberty White, a Liberty Walk body kit for whatever vehicle you you happen to actually own as a regular person that you know they make one for, it's certainly achievable. Um, you know, it would take some effort, and you'd have to save for it. You know, for most people, but you know, it's not like um, you know getting in line for a Rothwell Porsche. You know, or um, you know, calling up Panin Farina and hoping that they're going to do something for your Integra or some shit. Like they, they actually make kits and you know, you can, you can get them. So that's not really in alignment with her Ferrari's vibe. I get that. But, um, I don't know. I, I've seen the car, um, in, you know, movies, videos of the car. I've seen tons of pictures of the car. I don't think it's wild i mean especially considering what some of the liberty walk stuff looks like i think it's an extremely restrained take on what i mean it considering what could have been so i don't know i i gotta say i think this is a bad move for ferrari uh i not supporting the enthusiasts that are obviously supporting them and uh i guess there was a rumor going around that they were uh thinking of doing the same to the other Ferraris that Liberty Walk and other uh, Japanese companies have bagged. That's a, a big thing in Japan right now is bagging Ferraris, which I absolutely love uh, for obvious reasons. But I don't know. I'm kind of interested to see what you guys think. But um, good idea, bad idea. Do you? Even, I mean, there for most of us, it's so far out of our price range. Do you even care? Like, is it even on your radar? But I don't know. Something I thought was kind of interesting. I, I gotta say, I'm uh, obviously I'm on the side of the Liberty Walk guys. All right, and let's see. As that's that's almost that's pretty much all I had for like stuff that caught my eye, like what's going on news wise, or like that I thought was interesting going on automotive wise. I um, there was some UAW updates that I heard, but I wanted to take some time and 
kind of read through them and get a better understanding. Um, so I guess I will, I don't know if I'll have time to include that in this recording, but um, if not, I'll be, I'm sure I'll talk about it shortly. Um, yeah. So that's the news. All right. So this is just another kind of dumb automotive thing, like loosely related um, automotive thing that happened. I thought you guys would get a kick out of. So, um, if you guys have been following me, you know I've been trying to hit as many shows as possible. Um, unfortunately, I got really sick and uh, I had to miss SEMA this year, which I'm super bummed about. It looks like it was some pretty amazing cars there. Um, but I knew I was just not going to be up to it. And we, there's other shows coming up, and I have done SEMA before, and it's very expensive for me to do SEMA. And unfortunately, um, the Lord is not making me a bunch of money yet. Um, so everything I do is kind of like out of pocket and um, out of vacation time. But if you want to support me, I did start a Patreon. I still haven't figured out what to do with it. But if you want to look up the lowered Patreon, it's it's there. And I, I'd appreciate it. It would be be cool if I could get this off the ground and, and make it a thing. But anyway, um, I happen to be in L.A. And if I'm in L.A., you guys know I got to go to the Peterson. So um the Peterson has this really great cafe in it now called the Myers Makes Myers Makes Cafe after the the guy that basically invented dune buggies um, based on the Volkswagen chassis, and the cafe is is really good. I mean, it, there's tons of amazing places to eat in LA, but if you're going to the Peterson and and you want even just want a snack or something, the the Myers Makes Cafe is fantastic. I absolutely recommend it. Every time I've been in there. The coffee's fantastic. They have these monster cookies that are super delicious. Um, and they, they have this mushroom thing that I've talked about before that I, I, I just, I crave. If I'm anywhere near, like, th even thinking about going to the Peterson, like, after wondering what awesome cars I'm going to see, like, the next thing, I, the very next thing that pops into my head are those fried mushrooms. Anyway, so it just so happened that um, they had... Um, this car called a Zenvo. If you don't know what a Zenvo is, you'd compl it's completely understandable. It's a, a, com a very new mark. Um, I don't think that they, I only think they have the one model and this is the only one I've ever seen. Uh, it was super popular on the internet a while back because the, the thing that makes the Zenvo like it's, um, the, what are they, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, uh, the unique feature of the Zenvo, like it's like Lambo's got the, you know, Lambo doors, obviously, um, you know, uh, Koenigsegg has got the, you know, cockpit style, weird, you know, their own really cool, crazy, like door articulation, um, as well as the way the rest of the car opens up. Um, every car's got its own like little, it's thing. And for the Zenvo, it's the wing. And what makes the Zenvo wing so like interesting is that it actively articulates pretty drastically like if you're behind one or if you see a video driving behind one and the wing is moving around like it's distracting as shit i'm surprised that they would let that thing on a, a race course because it is it's not just like raising up and down a millimeter or two this thing is like banking and twisting and turning like an airplane as the car is going through the corners uh, i don't know how much of that is gimmick and how much of that is like real but uh, it, it is certainly cool. And uh, there was one that's going around the internet. Uh, it's a super bright, like, purple color over 
bare carbon um, so you can you know the color is there but when you look at it you can see the carbon below it it's got highlighter yellow like trim all over it and it's got carbon wheels it's it's unmistakable like there can't possibly be two of these things painted this way and uh, so I was I had just returned from my trip from LA and I mean long story short and a buddy of mine sent me a picture of that exact car well, that exact car happened to be parked right next to the, the windows in the Meyer, uh, of the Peterson, and I literally had lunch sitting like within 10 inches of the passenger front wheel of that Zenvo, um, and then he sent me this text, hey, check out this, this wild car, um, check out you know the Zenvo and the wing, and he's like going on about it, and uh, I was like, oh yeah, I've seen that car, I had lunch with that car on you know Saturday or Sunday whatever the day it was and he's like oh yeah bullshit and so I send him a picture <laughs> of me like it's like uh I'm sitting down in the chair at my table for lunch and it's like there's a glass pane of glass between me and the car and I'm like right there at the wheel um I don't know it's just like it's it's weird how guys like especially in this car world I find that when something notable happens it seems like other guys and like other folks are all connected to that same thing I guess it's like hard to explain but like you know you start looking for a particular part and you know that part comes from somewhere you know you you have you find it like either on the internet or you meet a guy or you know you're looking for a particular model of car and you know even though you've never seen it before suddenly it, it turns up there's one within you know a radius when like shit is meant to happen um, I don't know, like, I've had a lot of those coincidences, I don't know if you want to call them, like, coincidences, or, like, glitches in the Matrix, or fate, or whatever, but I've had a lot of those going on lately, um, the big one I'm gonna, I'll talk about next in the, the meat of the episode, but it's, uh, it's been a trip, and I think it's, uh, those little things in the, like, the interactions that, that this lifestyle has really brought to my life or a big part of why I keep doing it even when things are frustrating and like things aren't going my way and I feel like I'm blowing a lot of money and like not making headway on my projects and uh, feel like I'm making bad decisions uh, stuff like this will start happening and it, it brings me back um, so anyway just a dumb little story I thought you guys might like so um, hopefully you did <laughs> all right So this one's kind of funny. I'm driving around and pick. Well, coming home from a soccer game with my boy and um, and my girl in the car with or in the truck with me, and I'm like, "Look at this car over here with the loofah like tied to the roof rack. That's weird. Like how how did that happen?" And looking at it, you could tell it it been there for a while, but it was like tied to the passenger side roof rail of this uh, Mercedes SUV. And uh, I guess I should also elaborate that I happen to, the area that I live in has a couple of like old folks, like uh, commute, like 55 and over communities or whatever. So as soon as I pointed out, uh, my girl starts laughing and she's like, oh no, like you, that, is that the first time you've seen that? And I said, well, yeah, I, I don't think I've noticed it before. 
And um, she goes, oh, I got to look it up. I got to look up which one, what that one means. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And so I don't know if you guys heard about this, but apparently in old folks' uh, homes or like communities, it's a signal that like for your sexual preferences or something. And so the one I saw today was pink. And uh, so my girl looked it up for me. So here's a list. So if you're driving around or you happen to live near an old folks home and you see loofahs like on their, their vehicles or golf carts or whatever, here's the list I found. And I, I, <laughs> I got to say, I'm kind of weak. <laughs> so the one I saw today was pink. And apparently that one means... Uh, soft swap people who like to do it with others in the room. Uh, that's so, <laughs> that's so fucking weird. <laughs> Dave, you guys could, I'll, I'll post a picture of the, the vehicle with the license plate, like blurred out or whatever. But, um, I mean, it was just like a white Mercedes SUV and the, the lady behind it had one of those old lady, like, boycott haircuts and you know the glasses with the the like dangles like uh where like glasses are like attached to like a sparkly almost rosary looking necklace like she if if you would have walked in and seen this chick behind the counter of a library you'd be like yeah that that's that's what goes there um <laughs> so fucking weird um so the other ones are purple uh, means they they want to watch. A white loofah means that they're novices or beginners. Blue means lowest level of full swap, those who can play well with others, which I don't... Lowest level of full swap. That doesn't make sense to me. Um, how, can it, how can you be low, lowest level in full swap? Like, I don't get that. Um... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, yellow means mid-level swap for those who want to have fun but are still nervous. Wouldn't that be lowest level? Like if you're still nervous? Like what's... What? I don't... Yeah, now I'm more confused. Black means full swap. Those who say what the hell and let it all go down. I mean, that seems like a miss. I mean, you would think that... I mean, black would be self-explanatory like... Folks that were into, I don't know, that, okay, whatever. Um, that's not what I expected. And then teal, bisexual, those who want to increase their dating chances. Well, I mean, <laughs> greedy fucks. <laughs> that's a trip. Like, what if you were behind somebody's car and they had, like, all these fuckers just, <laughs> like, a big-ass bag. Now I'm going to side-eye anytime I see somebody buying a loofah and be like eyeballing the shit out of them. Um, so kind of all, like off topic, but I found out just like, so these are like the plastic ones. Like um, you see, I see them all over, like in grocery stores and, um, you know, everywhere really. Um, they're like the plastic kind of ball netty looking one. Um, that's what these are. But I grew up, like, I, I, I found, I just, I'm going to sound hella dumb saying this. I just found out the other day that, like, the natural loofah things are a plant. 
I thought for, I don't know why I thought that they were like some kind of sea creature or kelp or some shit. I mean, I guess that's still a plant, but um, a buddy of mine who's in the Los Boulevardos, he's like one of those like growing shit gardening dudes. And I guess somehow he came across these seeds that grow loofahs like the, the wash yourself loofah. I guess it's some kind of squash or some shit, but I know it's like, and I don't know. So, yeah, two bits of information in one. So now you know if you're driving around somewhere and you see one of those plastic netty loofah things that it's code for some kind of old people swinging. <laughs> and you, if you're stupid like I am, <laughs> also learned that natural loofahs are some kind of fucking plant. So that was my weird automotive kind of related thing of the day i don't know <laughs> people are so fucking weird <laughs> all right uh, on to the next so i gotta be honest um i've struggled with how to how to tackle this one and i'm really I'm not sure how many more times I'll, I'll probably record and delete this, but hopefully this will be the one that makes it. Um, I'm doing this one solo. I hope to have um, a couple guys from the shop and other guys um, that inter have interacted with the truck over time in a future podcast. But um, in the short time I've owned the truck, and uh, I've only driven it you know, less than 10 times total, I've had some pretty amazing experiences with it already, and I can tell that um, it's it's really. I mean, I already knew it was something special, and uh, I, I I'm I'm just blown away that it's mine, uh, or that I'm the current caretaker. I should say it'll it'll never really be mine. But um, so I've been alluding to this for for some time now. Uh, I've been chasing this truck for God. I don't even know. So it's a 1998. I think I first saw it in 2000. Jeez, uh, 2003, uh, maybe 2005 at the the latest. Um, I'm not really sure. Um, anyway, so uh, I, I posted it a bunch. There's a shop that I've been doing business with forever. Um, the precursor to the to Ultra Truck Works was this little welding shop, and um, the some of the first modifications I made to my my '66 Galaxy convertible were the you know the finish welding that I, I couldn't do was done at that shop. You know, so I've been doing business with that at that location since you know I was a teenager, and when it was taken over by uh, Ultra Truck Works, which is a um, it, it's owned by a guy named Jesse. He's got a few locations. Um, and, but when the Elk Grove location was opened, it was, it was basically managed or, or run by this guy named Rick. And Rick was a really, really cool dude. And, um, I never, I never worked for him. Um, he, you know, basically, would ultimately end up modifying or, or maintaining or assisting me with literally every vehicle I've owned 
since I was a kid, but um, he he became a friend, and he he was kind of um, kind of an inspiration in a lot of ways. Uh, he had a, a similar issue to me in that he he managed to hold on to a lot of his vehicles, and he had a, a pretty decent fleet going for for quite some time. Uh, he had his first mini truck from when he was in high school uh, when I met him. A really super killer little Toyota regular cab, uh, which I, I'm, I'm sure I'll post some pictures of. Or I have posted pictures of in the past, but um, basically, uh, long story short, because, um, again, I, I'm sure we'll you know, do future podcasts talking about it in more depth. Uh, he built this 1998 GMC Sonoma and it was the you know it was his personal vehicle and he managed a, a really successful aftermarket um, you know company or accessories company for trucks specifically and so it got the best of everything and um, you know at a time when there wasn't like really more than dial-up internet access this truck had a, a TV, it had TV tuner, it had a VCR, it had satellite radio when that was available. It had, you know, seat, it had compact disc player when it was, that was kind of a new thing. I mean, the, the truck had all the shit on it. Um, you know, when billet accessories came out, if it, it was something cool or if it matched the vibe, it, it made it on the truck. He had a custom set of Boyd's made for the truck, which are still on it. He had, um, you know, custom door panels made. Uh, the truck was a, it's a V6. It's a automatic, but there's no call console. It's a bench seat. He made his own console, which, uh, the, the guy that he would end up selling it to removed. Uh, but I'll get into that later. Basically, um, it was the first truck, uh, that was built by somebody I knew personally that made it into a magazine that I read. Um, street trucks magazine and you know when it made that uh it was a it was they shot it and it was kind of one of those things where it kind of went into their backlog and um you know you never really know i i don't know if you've ever if you if you're listening to this you 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 probably know somebody that has had their vehicle shot or you might even be a photographer or you know somebody that works for a magazine but for the rest of us regular guys um a lot of cars get shot for magazines and never get published. Uh, and so when Rick's truck was shot originally, you, we, you know, you kind of, when you're, when you're the guy that gets his car shot, you kind of feel like, Oh, okay. It'll be like in the next issue, but that's not always how things work out. Sometimes they go into a backlog and sometimes they never get published. But, um, and Rick's truck had been shot and then it kind of, was one of those things where it, it went into this backlog for some reason and, and it didn't make it into the magazine for quite some time. Uh, and by the time it actually did get published, um, Rick had already changed the truck. Um, mostly like had redone the pinstriping, um, not like massive cosmetic changes, but the, the truck was always in a state of flux. Uh, you know, he had access to literally everything. So, um, you know, taillights were swapped in and out of it. Uh, <coughs> mirrors were swapped on and off. Um, so 
that was kind of a, you know, it was an evolving thing. And uh, luckily for me, that gives me some wiggle room now to kind of pick and choose, you know, my favorite of the modifications or the choices that he made to, you know, uh, you know basically kind of match my own personal wants and desires and aesthetics, um, but also still really honor his overall vision. Um, that truck, uh, he very rarely drove it. Um, it's got barely over a hundred thousand miles on it. It lived a lot of its life in a, a kind of a hidden back garage that he had. And then when he, you know, really started, um, uh, I guess enjoying it more, it lived, either on literally on the showroom floor of the Elk Grove Ultra Truck Workshop, or if he was actively driving it or going to shows during the summer in good weather, he would park it out front, you know, like kind of on this like sidewalk area that is on Main Street, Elk Grove Boulevard. Or um, there's this little house that's part of that pack, uh, you know, part of the building. And it's got a big paved area in front. Sometimes he would park it there with a row of other guys' trucks that also work at the shop. That kind of, you know, shows off what the shop can do. But over the years, you know, working on my convertible, working on my hardtop, um, working on my, you know, my trucks, um, my even my 41, <clears throat> my 41 Buick, when I got sponsored by Jamco Suspension, it was Ultra Truck Works that I reached out to. Uh, you know, to do the spring swap um, and, you know, photo photograph everything there. So uh, inevitably, anytime I was in there, which was, you know, pretty often, even, you know, even if I wasn't getting something done, I'd stop in, you know, just to see the guys and see what they were working on and, and shoot the shit with Rick. Uh, you know, the conversation would inevitably turn to, you know, hey, man, when are you going to sell me that truck? And a lot of the times I was joking. I never, you know, expected him to sell it to me. He, he loved that thing. Uh, but I, I definitely made it known that I wanted the truck. And when he, uh, you know, was getting, his health was starting to fail. I, I knew that he, he was, he had some close calls. Um, you know, you get into your 40s and 50s and, uh, you know, things start happening. And uh, you know, when you work in the industry and, you know, live that kind of lifestyle, uh, that, you know, things, things kind of catch up with you. And I didn't realize how, how sick Rick was getting. Um, but, uh, you know, he had started liquidating his, his vehicles and, um, you know, some of them went to homes that appreciated them better than others. I'll just leave it at that. But uh, when it came to the Sonoma, that was kind of the like one of the last vehicles he was really holding on to. And he offered it to me at, uh, I won't say the number, but it was a, it was a price that was low enough. I, I was, man, I was chomping at the bit. I wanted that truck so bad. But I didn't want it bad enough that I, I was okay with, you know, taking that price and maybe there being some sore feelings after I was really worried about that. Cause I, I, I genuinely valued his friendship. And so I told him, you know, how about, you know, take some time to think about it. 
uh, I can put the money together when you're ready for sure. Um, if somebody else makes you an offer that you're willing to accept, call me immediately and I'll beat that offer. Um, I've said this to several other people. I don't know if it's true, uh, but what I, I feel is that he probably gave me that number because that was the number he needed right then. And he didn't have time to really mess around with other offers. Um, and the reason why I feel that way is because soon after it was sold and I didn't get a, I didn't get another chance. Um, and when he sold it, it was gone. Uh, I was right to, to when I, I figured it was going to become a sore spot and it just wasn't something that he would talk about after it was gone. Um, and I don't know if anybody in the shop knew where it was, but anytime I asked about it, you know, we, we never, I never could get a straight answer of what had happened to it or where it had gone or, you know, if it had been sold over the internet or if it had been sold locally. But, um, you know, I'm pretty active in the local scene and I lived in the area, you know, for quite some time after that. And I just never saw the truck again. Um, every once in a while, somebody would pop into the shop, you know, and say, oh, I saw it. Or, you know, I would, somebody would be at a show and say, hey, do you remember that green truck, um, you know, that Rick had? And I think I was at the show and, but nobody ever had a picture of it, you know, and, and it just kind of, it was in the ether somewhere. And, and for all we knew it had been wrecked or, you know, somebody had taken it apart, uh, like a couple of, uh, Rick's other projects. We just didn't know. And then... A little bit over a year ago, I was surfing the interwebs and on Instagram, and I really think it was posted by uh, Lodi Low, or maybe he's the guy that replied to the to my question. I don't really. I, I wish I could remember. I'm sure I saved the picture. I've gone back through, but I, I saved so many pictures. Uh, it's really it's really hard to to locate, but. Uh, basically it was in this, it was just uh, included in some show coverage and it was kind of, uh, I believe that the show was in San Jose somewhere or, or maybe it was around Lodi, but doesn't matter. Long story short, I saw it in some coverage on Instagram and I just blew the guy up. I was like, I got to know who, you know, who has it? Where's the, where's the truck at? Do you have any more pictures? Uh, you know, there just was no question. The pinstriping on that truck is unmistakable. Um, so I, I knew that it was Rick's truck and I did get a response and I was able to track the response to a guy that was in a kind of a, a weird outskirt area of Elk Grove where, um, not like in the suburb area proper, but like out towards the country, um, not quite Wilton, which is a, you know, a larger farm, more farming centric area than like Elk Grove used to be, but kind of in an in-between spot. And, uh, actually it turned out that, uh, shortly thereafter, one of the guys that works at Ultra Truck Works, um, saw it and it happened to be, uh, around the corner from his house. Uh, but the guy that owned it, uh, he, he just, he had other vehicles and just didn't, you know, I'm between work and his other stuff. I guess he just very, very rarely ever drove it. 
and then um, because of you know I guess things, it ended up being parked outside, and so um, I think it was this the, another guy that works at Ultra Trucks Build that spotted it and uh, clued me in as to where it was. So um, I'm not super proud. Um, I did a ton of drive-bys, you know, like eyeballing the truck and kind of trying to figure out uh, when, you know, biding my time. I wanted, you know, you never get a second chance to make that first impression. And I wanted to, you know, I wanted to make sure that I didn't come off weird or, you know, anything like that. So one day I was driving by and uh, I saw the guy out front and the garage doors were open and uh, so I pulled in and uh, I guess they must have he must have had like security cameras or something because his wife kind of came out and she was like you know hey we see you driving by every once in a while and you know I'm driving Truckee Verde so she's she's loud she's pretty noticeable um, I guess I showed up on their cameras or something. But, uh, you know, introduced myself, explained, you know, how I knew the truck and, you know, my relationship to it and uh, let them know I, I really, really wanted it. Um, I asked if I could, you know, he said he, he wasn't ready to sell it at that point. I asked him if I could maybe come back uh, when I had more time, when it was better light, take more pictures, you know, some pictures of the vehicle um, as it was. And he agreed to that, which was fantastic. Gave me his phone number. I gave him mine. And um, really consciously started trying to build a relationship with him. Uh, you know, we're not we're not buddies. Like we don't text each other, like what's up or anything like that. But um, you know, every every once in a while, not like daily or weekly even, but you know, at least once a month or once every other month, I'd hit him up and be like, you know, hey man, hope the family's doing good. Uh, just wanted to let you know I'm still interested in the truck. You know, let me know that kind of thing. And, uh, this would go on for, geez, well, well over a year. And, uh, when I went back that second time to, to shoot more pictures of the truck, you know, I, I really kind of, I made a push for the truck and, uh, he, he actually said he gave me a number and he said he'd let it go. And, uh, we shook hands on the deal and I, I was shaking. I just, I was like, oh shit, this is going to happen. And so I got home and I, I started moving things around and, you know, trying to put in some stuff online, trying to sell some things and, and get that money together. And almost immediately after I had, you know, sold a few things, he hit me up and was like, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not ready. Uh, I don't want to sell a truck just yet. I was really bummed, but you know, I, I was cool. Uh, I really, you know, made sure uh, made a super conscious effort to not act super disappointed uh, or let on how disappointed I was. And I just said, you know what, man, I totally get it. Um, you know, when you're ready, please let me, me have first shot. I'm super bummed that you're not ready now. And I absolutely, you know, am, you know, I can move the money around. I can have it if you're, you know, if, if you want, if you're ready, but if you're not just, you know, please keep me in mind and let me have first shot. So, um, like I said, I, I would just text him every other month, you know, once a month or every other month. And, uh, we just kept doing that, playing that game. And, uh, you know, sometimes he would answer me, sometimes not. Um, I was always really afraid that I, he was gonna, I was gonna annoy him or, you know, rub him the wrong way, but I just 
really did my best to to be positive, you know, be conscious of, you know, not bothering him and, and not being a nuisance and, you know, just trying to be chill. And, uh, oddly, right before my birthday, um, in uh, early in October, he, out of nowhere, he hit me up and was like, Hey James, you know, if you're still interested in, in Rick's truck, it's your, you know, I'm, I'm ready to let it go. And, um, you know, of course I was interested. I just like, I barely hold the phone. I was just so excited at the possibility of it, uh, you know, being mine of, of bringing it, you know, back into the fold as it were. And, uh, you know, I, in, but unfortunately for me, uh, you know, like things haven't been super awesome, you know, lately The you know, everything that's going on in the world is what's going on in the world for me too. And, um, you know, it it just is not a good time. It's a really stupid time for me to, to do anything like this. Um, I've got projects I can't, you know, I can't afford to finish. I've got, you know, things that I need to get done, uh, to my house. Uh, other, there's just a million other directions that I should put money like that toward. And, uh, but the more I thought about it, uh, and I just knew that I, I wasn't going to get another chance. If the truck was sold again, there, there just was no way that I would, I would ever get it again. And, and the chances of it going to somebody else that would, you know, appreciate it, uh, are, you know, were slim. So, uh, I, kind of drove over there and uh, we looked at the truck again and uh, you know unfortunately it had been living outside um, for you know all this time and in the sun and the weather and uh, it had the paint it had developed some issues and you know as the guy was uh, you know just uh, in the course of owning it like it like he didn't have it was it what he liked the truck i don't know that he i mean it wasn't as big a deal to him i guess as it it was to to like me and so he started changing it um he had you know pulled out all that cool like period correct stereo gear out he pulled the vcr out uh he put a doubled in you know more modern deck in it um rick had put in a like custom console uh with a you know gauges and cup holders and The switches and everything uh, were built into this really cool custom console that that got taken out. Um, There, the truck had been—I don't know for sure if it actually went to SEMA. I think it did, and I'm not sure if it went once or if it went twice. Uh, But I, it it used to have like literally the entire Viare compressor catalog in the bed of the truck, like all mounted on custom painted, you know, brackets and stripes and stuff to match. And, um, it had a big nitrogen tank that Rick had set up to run down the middle of it. Um, Rick had, uh, you know, a, a custom switch panel built into the, the corner of the bed, uh, where he could, you know, if he had the bed up, the, the hardcover tonneau up, he could reach in and, you know, either raise or lower the vehicle without having get it to get into the vehicle. Um, he also had 
you know, like charging ports and stuff built in so he could charge things, you know, while he was at a show or like run a cooler in the, you know, the bed of the truck when it was just, he had a lot of really cool features built in and a lot of that stuff got pulled out. Um, so the, the air ride, he had one of the early air ride control systems in it. And, um, I, I did get a box of some, most of the original stereo gear with the truck. Um, although I don't, I don't really know what's in there or what I have yet. I haven't had a chance to go in and like really catalog things. Um, but in that box was one of air ride controls, like original touchscreen, uh, which is, you know, kind of cool that, you know, he's, he had that on there as well. Um, but all that stuff got pulled out. Now it's got a, a manual, you know, just kind of a, um, like a switch box that, and he's a, a gauge. Um, it's got a pretty fancy alarm in it. Um, I think I know the guy that put in the alarm and I, I just haven't had a time chance to connect with him in person yet and have him look at it. Uh, but it's got like remote start and, you know, lock and unlock the doors and all that stuff. And it wasn't originally a power window, power lock truck. Um, so, you know, that stuff's aftermarket and the door panels are, are custom door panels. And he moved the power window switches to the center console. But of course the center console is gone. So now those are loose and kind of on the floor. So uh, I've got some wiggle room to, to make some changes. Um, I've got uh, a pretty strong loyalty to AccuAir, uh, not just because of their product, but, you know, I know a couple guys that work there that I'm, I'm really fond of. And, uh, so I'm, you know, because the other stuff has been pulled out already, I don't feel weird about switching it over to AccuAir. Um, and because the center console got pulled out and the stereo got pulled out, it's got a Sony deck in it now, which I don't, know that I'm super fond of. Um, I've always had Pioneer or Kenwood or Alpine. Um, I don't, I, I'm not, it's not super high on the list. Like I don't have to, to change it immediately, but, um, you know, down the road, I'm sure I'll, I'll either try and piece back together what, you know, I, I have of the original stereo or I'll, you know, go with something else, uh, deck wise. But, so far, the goal for me with that truck is to make it as, you know, reliable and carefree and perfect as I can. Um, I don't foresee or have any desire to to modify the exterior. Um, you know, obviously, all my vehicles are green. I'm, I'm fond of the color already. Um, it does need some paintwork, um, and there was some... Uh, damage that occurred to the fiberglass hood at a show um, when you know Rick did own it uh, that didn't get fixed so I don't know if I need to replace the hood or if I need to if the hood can just be fixed but my my plan is to um, and I, I found the guy that pinstriped the truck originally so and he he's retired but his apprentice is still around and the shop is still active so my plan is to get all the paintwork fixed on it first and then have the truck uh, restriped and re-leafed. Uh, it's got a bunch of gold and silver leaf on it. 
and I, I have a idea that I want to incorporate um, it's a silver stripe back a silver leaf stripe back in along with the gold leaf stripe that it already has kind of a mix of as it was featured in street trucks and you know the the last stripe iteration that it, it still wears now um, and then you know I want to include a um, uh, kind of a something in the on the tailgate for Rick you know it it always has it'll always be his truck and I, I really want to you know it, it means so much to so many guys uh, when I bought that truck and signed paperwork on it uh, as I was driving to pick it up I called Joe who's he's the guy that runs Elk Grove's location now and I let him know hey man it's happening I'm I'm buying Rick's truck like it's actually going down and I've never had my phone blow up as fast as or as much as as my phone did that day um, I didn't even drive it I, I gave the guy cash um, you know signed the paperwork and uh, one of the guy a couple uh, well one of the guys from ultra trucks met me there uh, to pick it up and they he drove it back to two ultra truck works uh, and uh, a couple of the guys that you know it was after hours already um, but a couple of the guys were hanging out because they'd heard that it was coming back and seeing that truck back in the bay the work bay at ultra truck works was like it, it was it was emotional like it was it was a I don't know it was hard it's hard to explain um, you know when when Rick passed uh, yeah, I didn't get to, to attend the funeral. Um, I guess it was kept pretty, pretty tight, you know, with the family, which is certainly understandable. Um, so it was kind of, I think maybe the first time some of us got to, you know, think about it that way or to, to really, to, you know, I guess confront the, I get our, however we were feeling about that you know, his passing. And there was definitely a bunch of times where, you know, guys would break away from the group and kind of wander off on their own for a minute and then come back. And uh, I did it myself, you know, more than once. Uh, it just, it was a lot seeing Rick's truck back at the shop. And, um, I didn't even drive it. Uh, I didn't want to touch it. I didn't want to mess with it. Um, I wanted them to go through it. You know, I wanted the guys that, that worked on it, the guys that, you know, we're at the shop still that, that remembered Rick and I wanted them to, to go through the truck, understanding that I hadn't messed with it yet, you know, to, to really see what we had, see what we were dealing with, see what the truck needed and kind of make a list of things going forward. And over the, the next couple weeks, um, I was, I mean, been in near constant contact with Joe, just you know, hey, this guy's coming up, you know, or do you remember this guy? He used to work at the shop or, you know, this guy's coming in from, you know, Southern California or this guy's, you know, I think he's up in or Oregon, but he's going to come down and check out the truck. And you know, just guys from all over, uh, you know, coming back and, and hearing through the grapevine that, you know, Rick's truck was back at the shop and it just became 
more and more evident that, you know, I wasn't the only one that this truck held a lot of meaning for. Um, just last week is the, uh, yeah, I had the truck, got the truck registered in my name, got the insurance, um, got it smogged and, um, picked it up. And, you know, I wanted to, in preparation for this podcast, I wanted to drive it and, um, kind of experience it again. You know, I mean, I, I have it, I literally never sat in the driver's seat of that vehicle. It wasn't mine. It was Rick's, you know, and I had ridden in it before, uh, but just like down the street to get lunch or to get a beer or something. Um, so it was, it was special. Um, and I wanted to take my time with it and kind of make my own list of things, you know, that I thought it might need. Um, and, uh, it's been really, it's been really interesting. Um, I had recorded this once already and, um, after driving it just the, you know, to cars and coffee and back, but I wasn't super happy with it. And, uh, I wanted to take a bunch more pictures of it and, uh, I kind of let waited at the house and waited at the house, you know, for the right time. And then I got in the truck and I barely made it down the street and this guy, uh, pulls up next to me in this, you know, big Lexus SUV. And he's like, Hey, you know, like, where'd you get that truck? Do you, how did you know Rick? Like, you know, obviously the guy knew the truck, obviously, you know, he knew what was up. So I was like, Hey man, do you want to see it? And he's like, yeah. So I pull over at this little gas station and I get out of the truck and this guy jumps out of his truck and he comes walking towards me and we both stop and we're staring at each other and we're like, Oh shit, we went to high school together. And, uh, as much as I was at ultra truck works, he would, I, and I, I don't think I ever saw him there. Um, apparently he was there all the time as well. And it turned out that he worked, ran the stereo shop where they did the, the stereo install. Um, so, you know, reconnected with that guy and, uh, you know, while we're standing there talking, He's starting to ask me, hey, do you remember this guy? Do you remember that guy? And he starts messaging guys that, uh, you know, that he knew uh, that also were was around the truck. And they start, you know, responding back. And so, I mean, it was a really, you know, it's been a weird thing. Like, every time I've driven the truck, something like that has happened. Uh, and I, I've only had a chance to drive it a handful of times. But, you know, it's it's been shockingly consistent. Um, I spent, you know, the couple days that I've had it, you know, cleaning it as best as I can and, you know, trying to get, you know, the paint back if I can, um, you know, trying to, you know, make a list of the things that, you know, we need to fix or upgrade or, you know, looking for shops to, to handle the, trying to find a shop to handle the, some of the little paint work and spot in that I want done. And, uh, I took my daughter with me to a local cars and coffee event and you know, you pull in and everybody's kind of, all the guys are doing their thing and you know, you, you get your spot and then you go get your coffee and you know, the whole time we, as I'm pulling in, this guy is like really eyeballing the shit out of me and I'm like, whatever, you know, I got my daughter with me. I'm not, I'm not looking for any beef. Uh, but it was really weird, like super, super weird. And, um, I could tell it was making my daughter a little uncomfortable cause he was like, 
I, I could tell he was trying to figure out a way to approach me, but I wasn't sure, like, you know, what the vibe was. And um, so finally he comes up to me and he's like, you know, hey, how did, how did you get that truck? And I was like, well, I, you know, I paid cash. And he goes, no, like, did you, do you know whose truck that is? And I'm like, yeah, it's, that's Rick's truck. And he got this big smile on his face and it turned out that, you know, he had spent some time at Ultra Truck Works and he had worked on the truck with Rick. And, um, it was one of the, it was the first bagged vehicle he'd ever driven and just moving it around the shop or, you know, cleaning or whatever. And, you know, so I, I, you know, walked over with him with the truck and, you know, had let him take a look at it. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's a really special thing to have a, a vehicle like that. And, uh, it's really funny cause I, it's normally the kind of vehicle I would absolutely stay away from. You know, I, I want to build my own shit. You know, I don't want to drive somebody else's, you know, I, that whole like stolen valor thing, um, I think is probably the the easiest way to equate it to kind of how I feel. Um, obviously, there's exceptions. You know, there's there's some famous cars that you like every guy can't help but want. But um, you know, a vehicle like this, like it it'll never be my truck. You know, it it I would never want to change it so drastically that people thought of it as my truck because then it would it just wouldn't be the same and. Um, so I don't know. It's kind of weird. Um, I never thought I'd be a guy to, to drive a vehicle like that, but I guess I am. And, uh, I'm really looking forward to owning it. Uh, like I said, I'm going to make a few little changes. Uh, but mostly, you know, I, I, I want to keep it as it is. Um, so yeah, I own the 1998 Sonoma uh, it's a street trucks feature truck. Uh, I believe that it was at SEMA at least once. Um, and my goal is to clean it up and, uh, you know, get the Boyd's refinished and polished and, uh, get the suspension and, you know, a few little things dialed in, but it had a, it's, it's pretty zippy for a V6. I, I don't think it needs more power than it has. I'm, I'm totally happy with that. Um, as kind of cheesy as the, it's got the ruched, uh, I think that's how you say that word, the rouged or ruched, uh, kind of bunched up leather interior, uh, custom interior that Rick had done, um, and the custom door panels. I'm absolutely keeping all that. Um, the, uh, amp, the Lanzar amps, uh, and Eclipse speakers that, uh, subwoofer that's in there, uh, as long as they don't blow and, you know, nothing goes crazy wrong with them, I plan on keeping the, the stereo setup that you can see, you know, as it appears now, I don't want to make any changes there. Um, once I have the paintwork redone, I plan on having the striping redone, you know, to, to match, you know, what, what is there now, um, uh, for the most part. Uh, so yeah, man, I own Sonoma Air. It's, it's wild. I, I just never thought I would say that, but it's, it's pretty incredible to see it parked, you know, next to my own vehicle and know that I'm holding the keys to, to both. Um, all right. I don't, I'm trying super hard not to get like emotional or like dark or weird about it. So, um, here's a little side story, uh, to lighten shit up. 
um, when I had made that initial offer for the truck and I thought I really thought it was going to be mine um, my, my mom still lives in Elk Grove I don't um, so I you know whenever I'm in town I always have lunch or dinner or you know something with mom and so we're hanging out and I said you know you'll never guess do you remember you remember Rick and do you remember his truck and she's like yeah and I said well I finally found the guy that has it and I made an offer on it and he accepted it but then he backed out and so I'm not going to get it but you know fingers crossed and she's you know typical my mom giving me a hard time you know you don't have a place to park it you don't have a place to put it like are you I know you don't want to sell like one of the vehicles you currently have what are you going to do um, you know basically recognizing nothing she said was wrong I, I don't have a place to put it I don't have a place to park it I don't want to sell anything that I have um, and so I was just joking and I was like oh well I'll just park it in your garage because she's got a she lives in a you know standard three bedroom two bath two car garage um, but she's got a really sick um, SRT Cherokee that she parks like legit in the dead center of the garage like that's her baby and she's like, oh, you better not, you know, you're not parking that in my, in my garage and all that kind of shit. And I was like, oh, well, I'll just, you know, I'll wait till you go on vacation and I'll just put it in there, you know, uh, joking. And uh, that actually was something my dad had done uh, when when he was still around. Uh, my mom had gone on vacation and when she came back, he had bought another car and like just put it in the garage. Um, so when the guy had called me in October and said he was going to let it go. It just happened to coincide with uh, my mom going on vacation, oddly enough. And so I, it was really super hard, but I didn't say anything. I didn't let on. I didn't post or publish or anything. I kept it super chill and quiet under wraps. And uh, so uh, I paid the a couple of days after I paid for it, or the, no, the week after I I'd had it, and it had been at Ultra Truck Works. They'd been going through it, you know, getting it, you know, be able to pass smog again and stuff like that. She she left town on vacation, and so the day before she came home, uh, I snuck over to her place, moved her her SRT Cherokee over, and slid Rick's truck in the garage and just closed the garage and didn't say shit. And so, um, it was really funny. Uh, so she, you know, she comes home from vacation and, um, you know, eventually discovered it and, you know, immediately kind of knew I was to blame. She didn't even remember the conversation that we had, but she, you know, it's another car and it was green. So, you know, pretty easy to figure out who was to be, who was at fault there. And, uh, she got a good laugh at it, um, and of course, I, I don't have didn't have any intention of actually storing it there. Um, I think it'll probably end up living the majority of its time as long as they want it on the showroom floor back at Ultra Truck Works, um, which I think is the right place for it. And it's not super close to where I live now, but it's close enough, you know, that if I want the truck uh, for the weekend or if there's a show coming up or you know if if they have an event coming up or something and they want the truck they can just come by and get it um or vice versa so yeah i'm really excited um i've already got uh new headlights because the original headlights are shot you know sun faded i've got new headlights for it um as i posted 
Uh, we found a set of original clear taillights for it um, and sent those out to be fogged, uh, you know, with the same paint code green. Um, little things, you know, just putting it back to the way Rick had it. And uh, I don't know, it's really cool. I'm, I'm really excited and stoked to have it. And uh, having another mini truck is it's made me so happy. Like I, I just can't stop smiling. Anytime I drive it, I just absolutely love being in a mini truck again. And a uh, bunch of guys that I hang out with, you know, have seen it now um, at Cars and Coffee. And uh, every single one of them is like, maybe I, maybe I gotta be getting a mini truck. And you know, I always liked those B2200s or I always wanted a 720 or, you know, those Tacomas, those early Tacomas are pretty sweet, you know? So I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I started something. I guess only time will tell. Uh, but you know, leave it to, to Rick's truck to be, you know, the, the spark that relights the mini truck fire for people out here in, in this area. That would be, that would be fitting. Um, anyway, so that's the big announcement. Um, uh, I hope to interview some more, you know, guys down the road, you know, as, as they have time or as they're in town, um, to kind of talk about the truck's history and, um, you know, fill in some blanks, but there she is. Uh, you can read, I, I did write, um, uh, a longer format blog post on, uh, my website, thelowered.com. If you want to read that, um, I didn't include the, the mom story in there. Um, that's just for you guys. Um, uh, and yeah, I'll be posting pictures of it as, as things come along. So I hope you guys stick around and I really appreciate, um, the couple guys that are supporting me on the Patreon. That's, that's really cool. I still haven't figured that out or what direction I'm going to go with it or, you know, but, um, yeah. So thanks again for your support. If you've hung in there all this time, I, I appreciate, uh, I hope I didn't bore you too much. And, uh, yeah, thanks guys. Pretty stoked. So we'll just file under, of course, this is the kind of shit that happens in my day. Um, so I have my boy in the truck with me and he, uh, you know, had just finished having a soccer game and it was just me and him. And, um, I was like, you know, Hey buddy, what do you, what do you want to get for, for lunch? And he was like, Chick-fil-A. And I was like, hell yeah, that sounds awesome. And it's Saturday, so we can go. And like, I don't know how things are where you live, but food is getting astronomically expensive. Um, like going out is, it's, it's a lot these days. Um, so anyway, it's not something that we do as much as we used to do anymore. Um, so, but, you know, but it's one of those things. It was a soccer game. He, they did great and you know, whatever. So we drive to Chick-fil-A, we do the whole order thing, um, you know, go through and, and the boy's like, you know, he's dying. He just been playing soccer. It was like an extended game. And then he did like a practice after. So the kid is chomping at the bit and he's like, Hey dad, is it cool if I eat in the truck? And I'm like, of course, man, like go for it. Uh, so he starts chowing down on his burger and, um, I guess it got hung up in his throat or something and he starts to choke and I'm like looking over at him like, you know, are you okay? And he grabs the bag of Chick-fil-A 
and proceeds to vomit into the bag of everybody's food. <laughs> and like before I can get pulled over, he's done and he takes like he he sets the, you know, fresh steaming bag of fresh, you know, everybody else's sandwiches and fries and all the stuff down on the carpet between his legs and he grabs his drink and takes a sip and then he looks at me and he's like oh, sorry about that dad I feel better now <laughs> and I'm like okay well I'm glad you feel better but I mean like shit and he just goes back to eating his sandwich and I was just like fuck it <laughs> we just kept driving home I didn't go back I was like, I'm not, I'm not blowing another 50 bucks. And so we just went, we just went home and I, I tossed it. Like it wasn't, it, it was just not even salvageable. It was nothing we could do, but, um, he was fine. And that's what counts. That's what matters. Uh, it was just one of those things, but I mean, it happens to everybody. Um, I, if you have kids, it's the kind of thing that you just get used to, you know, shit happens, but. Anyway, thought you guys would get a giggle out of that. Super impressed. He did not get puke anywhere but in the bag. So, I mean, silver lining, I guess. <laughs> you got to appreciate the kid's accuracy, if nothing else. Oh, fuck. Anyway, so, shit that happens to me. Okay, so that's episode 15 in the bag. Uh, hope you guys liked it. Um, sorry I sound terrible. Um... I just had a cold um, the whole time I was, try, you know, recording these sections and um, and the whole like getting the Sonomares. It's it, it really has been a, a really kind of emotional thing for me, and I wanted to make sure I, I got it recorded. And um, I really tried waiting for a couple of the guys, but you know they they're working, and it's just not easy getting together, especially when you're sick and you don't want to get anybody else sick. So. Anyway, I really hope you like the show. Thank you so much if you lasted this long. Um, if you want to support me, I've got the Patreon set up. Uh, at It's uh, the lowered and um, my link. I, I really need to figure out. I need to get that link on all my links together on, on the main web page. But, um, yeah, if you want to support me uh, directly, you can do that through the Patreon. If you want to, uh, you know, if you're not if you're not already following me on Facebook or if you're on Instagram, you know the lowered HMFIC on Instagram, um, just the lowered on Facebook or the lowered.com is my website. And um, it looks like there's a new way to uh, to do questions, and I think I'm going to try and, and get that in my Patreon. Um, you know, so that if you if you're a Patreon member, like you can ask questions. Um, I think that might be the move. But, uh, man, it's hard doing this, man, when it's solo. <laughs> Thanks again. I really appreciate you guys letting me take up your time and, uh, you know, take up space in your lives. And I really appreciate all of you guys uh, that are, you know, following me and, like, liking my pics or commenting on my pics. And, uh, you know, it really helps me keep it going. So thanks again. And uh, hopefully I'll get another one in the books quickly. Um, should be getting the Sonoma air ready for Radwood. I'm going to drive it down to LA and 
uh, debut it there, kind of in as found status. Although I'm hoping I get the the clear taillights and the or the painted clear taillights and um, my new headlights came in today, so I'm pretty stoked on that. I'll get those in. Um, yeah, right on. Uh, thanks again, guys. Hope you have a good one.